Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we are going to be continuing a discussion we had last week with Dr. Amanda Quinby, who is a local psychologist in Bloomington, talking about some of the emotional and uh, decision-making challenges that come up when you are purchasing a home. I thought last week's show was amazing. I have notes and ideas, and I hope that I'm going to be a better realtor because of it. Uh, already changing the way that I'm doing some things with some clients. So um, really, really excited about this. It's a little bit different than our norm. Um, I don't know if we want to do any um, HGTV bashing while we're here or just jump right <laughs> into things. But Amanda, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about your practice here in Bloomington. Yeah, so I work with my husband, Rob. He's also a psychologist, and we're together in private practice here in Bloomington. Um, we primarily see adults 18 and older. Um, I My area of focus is working with clients in their late 20s, early 30s who are going through life transitions, feeling kind of stuck, um, anxious, depressed around those life transitions and helping them work through those. Um, and Rob works with clients with um, similar feelings of feeling stuck, um, but more primarily due to anxiety, insecurities, um, those types of concerns. Awesome. And I met Amanda through uh, an interesting marketing uh, uh, approach that she took going to the source of thinking about when are people going through stressful situations and they felt like home buying and selling definitely a stressful time. Uh, I think we talked about a little bit last week in the show about how I've always taken the stance that, um, you know, your home, it's, it's an emotional thing and it's a physical need. It's one of the basic, what is it? It's like uh, shelter, food, water, and love, I think, or something like that. Or like the it's four. Hierarchy pre- of needs, right, yeah. right. And, uh, and shelter is pretty high up there in the hierarchy of needs. And it sounds really basic, but when you start messing with people's homes, whether giving them instability on where they're going to live um, or, you know, that threat, we always kind of joke about, oh, I don't want my client to be homeless. You know, you're not really going to be homeless, but. Um, and just having that insecurity and that uncertainty, it certainly can bring up a lot of stress. So uh, we definitely want to encourage people if, you know, you, if you're not going, if you haven't been to a therapist and you think, oh, you know, I'm that's not for me or I'm not. Um, you know, in I, I'm not that upset, or I'm not that anxious, or I'm not that depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you're going through some of these, you know, major life moments like buying a home, there may be a time where just mm-hmm. having a session or two would be really, really helpful. Um, you know, last week we talked a lot about how do you make the decision, mm-hmm. um, and really focus on kind of the decision on the right house. Um, we didn't get into it. I would think we were going to get into it and we didn't quite get into it about the market right now is so crazy mm-hmm. and buyers are having to make decisions really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah, it's, it, that makes it a lot more challenging um, because often one of the pieces of advice I do give to people is to slow down yeah, and take slow, the time yeah. to process, but you can't always do that uh, at that time, which does make it a lot more challenging. Um, 
I think if you can go back to, like we talked about last time, the list, the values, what's mm-hmm. important to you, um, where you already have that written down so you're not having to come up with it in your head again and try to think through all of it, you can just go back to your documents with all that information and, yeah. and reassure yourself throughout that information. That's probably going to be one of the most helpful tools in dealing with the uh, um, with how quickly things have to take place. That's awesome. So uh, as a little bit of a recap from last week's show, one of the things that we talked about was that values list. I know when people come into my office, we start to talk about what, you know, what's on your list? What do you need from a home? And I start getting the, you know, one and a half bathrooms and a fenced yard and a garage or, um, you know, I need two living rooms or whatever it is. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what are your values? And it could be things like um, a short commute Time so that you have more time with family. Mm-hmm. Um, give me some other examples of some values. Um, so I think some of those things can be tied into values. So um, maybe wanting more space in a home because you and your partner value time alone, that mm-hmm. you need some of that separation mm-hmm. or time to yourself, sure. um, something like that. But thinking about why you need those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do get it that, you know, usually, you know, a fence yard. Okay, tell me about that. Well, we have Mm -hmm. pets and they're really Mm -hmm. important and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, well, that helps me understand. Um, You know, I had some clients I was working with recently and they were really looking to downsize. Um, But they also have dogs who are very, very dear to them. And they were looking at a lot of condos because that seemed to give them the floor plan that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, after a lot of discussion, I just kept saying, you know, is this, you know, the dogs are so important to you, mm-hmm. you know, but how do you feel about walking them every day, exactly. multiple times a day? You know that because you're living <laughs> in an apartment right now, right? Yes. Uh, and so they realized that through that discussion, that value of their pets. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you that sounds silly because we all know how I feel about my dogs. Um, not silly at all. Yeah, the, the, the value of their pets was really important and central to their lives. Mm-hmm. And so a condo really wasn't going to cut it and it enabled us to shift the focus, um, you know, of a home. And we actually found, you know, a better fit for them that really met more of their values mm-hmm. um, than the condo because they thought, well, we don't want to what they didn't value was yard work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's where they were trying well, to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we ended up finding, you know, a house with a very, very small yard um, and feeling like that was doable, but still having the, the ability to pet. So that's the kind of list um, that we're, uh, the, the Dr. Amanda is encouraging you to think about is that you're, what are you, what's really valuable? How many things do you think, because I'm a, I'm a list kind of person too, but I wonder how many things do I need to have on my list? How hard do I got to work at this? There's no right or wrong to that. I would say if you're feeling stuck, then you might need to make your list a bit longer. And so okay. that's often what I'll say is start out with what you've got and see where that gets you. And okay. if you still feel like you're struggling, then yeah. see if you can add to that. Um, okay. It doesn't have to be done in one sitting, too. I'll often encourage people to go back to lists. Yeah. You know, if you randomly have a thought while you're at the grocery store, come back later and add right. that to the list. I have so many drafts of so many thoughts in my emails. I, like, write, you know, if I'm at the grocery store, I'm like, da 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 I think of something, and I write it down and save it in a draft. But you know what this makes me think of? We didn't talk about this in the last show, but is how important it is to give yourself a running start, a head start. 
um, when you're buying a home. So many people, the first thing they do is go to Zillow, Mm -hmm. God help them, um, and start looking at houses. Mm -hmm. And then they're backpedaling. And we always talk about how they're backpedaling about financing. They find a home that they love online, but then they don't have financing and that creates issues. They've got to kind of try and catch up and there's competition. But really, you need to start even further back before financing with that values list Mm -hmm. um, so that you don't get... Uh, wooed by you know the pretty granite countertops, the HGTV stuff, mm-hmm. right? The stainless steel appliances and pretty granite countertops, and you don't think about the other things that you uh, value. One of the great ideas that we talked about at the end of the last show was giving the mortgage payment a trial run. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you are looking at your rents a thousand dollars and your mortgage payment, uh, you think you're looking at a price range that would give you a mortgage payment of fourteen hundred, you should start paying yourself fourteen hundred. You know, pay the thousand to your rent, but set the four hundred aside. Set, start living that lifestyle and see if it meets your values and you're still able to do the things that you want to do. So that's the kind of thing you need to do ahead of time, mm-hmm. not just when you fall in love with the pretty house. Yeah, it helps to do your research in advance. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's, but it's you know people get caught up and they get excited and then they're ready to go and uh, and so we do definitely run into people that are sort of trying to get caught up. Well, like uh, I mentioned in the last one too, it's similar to relationships. If you don't really know what's important to you going into a relationship, it can sometimes be easy to be swayed or pulled by certain aspects of a person. Oh, but they really have this that's amazing about them. So maybe it doesn't matter quite so much that. Right. Like they have, they have this really cool car. So maybe it doesn't matter that they don't have a job to pay for it, but you know, they have it right now. So we're going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Uh, One of the other things we talked about last week was this, um, willingness, I love the way that you said this, the willingness to walk away from perfect, mm-hmm. um, that it's not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've run into that a lot with people having a hard time making a decision because maybe something better is going to come along mm-hmm. and you just never know. Um, so definitely trying to work through that. And, you know, as you were talking through that last week, I kept in my head, I was visualizing the scale of one to 10 and maybe saying, you know, if the house is a seven or an eight, you should probably go for it. That's That's pretty pretty darn good. You know, Um, I don't know that you're going to get much better than that. We used to say in grad school when we were working on our research project projects or our dissertations, it just had to be good enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> it all had to be as good enough. Didn't right. have to be perfect. It didn't even have to be great, but it had right. to be good enough. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember when I was in grad school, it's like, yeah, grades don't really, you know, you mm-hmm. just got to get the project done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not about the A plus anymore, like when you're in high school, right? Um, you also talked about emotions. We talked about do you make decisions with your emotions? Do you make decisions with logic? And uh, and I, the sense I got from you was that there is a balance, mm-hmm. that you said emotions aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both are important. Um, both play important roles, and it helps to consider both of those when you're making a decision. Yeah, so don't, don't beat yourself up if you're feeling emotional about things. No. But, Mm-mm. you know, when I bought my house down here in Bloomington, I wasn't planning on moving to Bloomington, and I know I've told the story before, but I walked into the house— I wasn't planning on buying a house. wasn't planning on moving, but walked into the house, took 10 steps and started crying. Mm-hmm. A little bit of an emotional reaction. Sure. Um, but then, you know, I had to kind of scale back and go, okay, now, you know, logically, how is this going to mm-hmm. work for me? Um, I don't have a job down here. I don't, you know, it, mm-hmm. and, but we figured it out. Um, and then you had also said, uh, expect 
I always get this wrong. Expect the worst, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. I always say it reverse. That's Either like, way, hope for the worst. Expect <laughs> the best. So ex- hope for the best, but expect the worst. And by that we mean being flexible and mm-hmm. reasonable and um, uh, and understanding that you know things are going to happen and mm-hmm. not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you ever say that to people? That's a little blunt, isn't it? That's what. That's why I'm not a therapist. <laughs> that's what I say to people. It's not going to kill you. All right, just we, do it. We do talk about that general concept, though. You know, I often say to people when they say they feel like they can't cope with something, what does that actually look like? Um, you know, do they expect that they're actually just going to shrivel up, up in the fetal yeah. position and never get off their couch again and just stop going to work, stop being with family? And when I say that, they're like, "Well, no, that's not what I would do." Well, then you're coping. Right. <laughs> you're getting through it. Um, people find ways of coping. They find ways of managing it. Yeah. Getting yeah. Through it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. I remember one of my very first clients. Oh, my gosh. This was years and years and years ago. And she would send me emails that I, I, I wish I had you back then because I was like, I don't know what to do with this lady. She's like, I just can't deal with this. And I think I'm just going to have to kill myself or something. You know, oh, I mean, it was like really dramatic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and it was just she was selling a house and buying a house and trying to get what she wanted. And I, and it wasn't really anything that I thought was too crazy, of, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of um, unreasonable things that were happening. But she just couldn't cope. And I was like, I don't know what to do for you. And, you know, and I didn't know mm-hmm. where to where to turn her. So, um, you know, I think saying something like that um, is really helpful. If there's any realtors listening to this, this is really powerful stuff because I think that's great questions to ask people. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You, know, you get an inspection response. I got an inspection response just this morning and my seller's kind of pissed off about it. Okay. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Let's go there and mm-hmm. then work back because, um, you know, maybe we'll realize that it's not that bad. But it's bad as you expect yeah, it to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so finding some ways to help our clients get back from that initial visceral mm-hmm. reaction um, is really, really important. So that's really good info. All right. We are going to go to our first break and we will be right back. So thank you for listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. Please make sure you're following us on Facebook. You can find me at up tomorrow realtor uh, we post a lot of articles that we talk about on this show as well as uh, other important links uh, what's going on with the latest hgtv stars um, poor chip and joanna they get sued all the time so oh, do they? oh they do they get sued all the time that. oh yeah, yeah and so we post all that stuff too um wow. and then defend them uh because how dare you do that to my chip and joanna right um yeah. The we were talking last week about uh, one of the property brothers being on Dancing with the Stars this upcoming season, and uh, so that's interesting too. So, uh, joining me today is Dr. Amanda Quinby, and she is Bloomington Counseling and Wellness Services. And if you would like to talk with her, uh, if you're in the Bloomington area, you can just go on to the internet and Google Bloomington Counseling and Wellness Services, and uh, it'll take you right to their website, and you can uh, message them that way. We're talking specifically today about um, home buying issues and uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I was telling you over the break that um, I'm excited to talk about helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that probably in the next segment, but I don't want it to turn into a bitch session for me. <laughs> I want to be really open and I want to learn from it because, you know, they definitely make my life challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um so that's what's coming up uh, shortly. I'll ask you to kick me under the table if I start to get <laughs> too negative about it. I want to be a better, compassionate, understanding person. But first in this session, uh, section, I want to talk about um, when you're buying with someone else, a mm-hmm. partner, husband, wife, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, when you and that partner, they, you have to make a decision together. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly challenging, right? It is. Yeah, it can create its own set of challenges, especially if you're disagreeing in regards to what's what's most important to each of you in theory that couple would have a set of shared values Mm -hmm. otherwise they probably wouldn't be a couple right yes in theory in theory (laughs) doesn't always work that way but uh yes so hopefully that would be the case so when you and your partner differ on what you want in a home Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm guessing i've picked this up now after talking to you for two weeks in a row that uh you're going to tell them to go back to their values yeah i would say dig a little in terms of why these things are so important to you uh my husband and i were talking about this of what we want in a home when we buy one and he was insistent originally really wanted hardwood floors Mm -hmm. and I had this initial reaction of what no I want carpet and 
I'm going, why do I want carpet so badly? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just this initial reaction when need carpet, but that's yeah. what I grew up with. Okay. Um, that's not necessarily what's important to me. It actually makes a whole lot more sense for the two of us to have hardwood floors when we with have dogs. two dogs mm-hmm. and I have allergies and asthma. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense to have carpet. And so it helped to kind of look at, okay, why, why am I having this reaction? And right. It was, more of that emotional piece. This is what I grew up with. This is what I'm used to. Um, but it doesn't mean I can't be happy with hardwood floors. And so it, sometimes it means digging a little bit in regards to, okay, why why are you feeling like this is yeah. so important to you? So it sounds like if you're sitting down and sort of having that values conversation, hey, you know, partner, let's make a list of our shared values of mm-hmm. what is important to us in a home, that you go beyond just listing the values, but maybe, and this could be a really healthy thing, but both partners talking about why that's an important mm-hmm. value to them um, the instead other, of yeah. just saying, you know, no, I disagree. Mm-hmm. The you... other piece is really listening to your partner. Oh, well, there's that too, right? <laughs> um, so most of us, when we're having these conversations with whoever it might be, family member, spouse, partner, friend, um, when the other person's talking, we're already thinking about what we're going to say next but, in but, defense of yeah. our own views. Um, and so what you really want to do is really hear what the other person's telling you. And um, what I often encourage people to do is before they respond with their own opinion, reflect back what you heard that other person mm-hmm. say first. Yeah, okay, active I, listening, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. heard you just say that this is why this is important to you. And then go into your, your own opinion because um, that's often what creates such difficulties in those conversations is the two people just aren't yeah. really hearing each other. Seems like that could be a great little service that you could offer, uh, you know, just a one-time couples mm-hmm. uh, let me help you establish your values. Then we, you can put the brakes on and say, okay, no, stop listening. Mm-hmm. Now reflect what they said exactly. and kind of walk them through mm-hmm. that. Cause that's mm-hmm. certainly easier said than done, It is, which I'm guessing is a lot of the <laughs> advice that you give. Yeah, it is. It's much easier to say, just do this. Right. Um, Problem solved. Actually, actually do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week I told the story of the couple that had the spreadsheets mm-hmm. that, that came in and um, you know, they, they did understand, understand that each of them valued things a little bit differently. And that's why on their spreadsheets that they had where they were rating, then each uh, category was weighted differently by person. And that's how they thought they were going to solve that mm-hmm. issue. Um, but then again, it turns out that it's not Dr. Spock in complete total logic. You can't just input it into a database and pop out with the answer. No, uh, That's what Zillow does with property values. And we see how that's wrong all the time. They just input it. It's binary code, one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the decision-making doesn't work like that. So um, so that's great. So we want to encourage people to sit down with their partner ahead of time mm-hmm. before you start looking for homes uh, and think about what your values are. Write those down. Mm-hmm. Understand why. I mean, it would be great if this is this should be my test. I should if I was going to be a hard ass realtor, I'd be like, OK, here's your homework. You write down your values. Now you're going to come back and you're going to give me a book report on your partner's values. That's a great idea. And tell mm-hmm. me why that's important to them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do get it, you know, um, and there are a lot of people that say, you know, I know that this is what's going to make my partner happy. Mm -hmm. um, And that's really important. But then the question becomes, how do you compromise? How much do you give? Mm -hmm. You know, you know that this is going to make your partner really happy. And in turn, that can make you somewhat happy too. But how much do you give up what is important to you? Yeah, and and that's a tough one. And there's not really a right or wrong answer to that one. Each person has to kind of decide for themselves how much 
they're willing to sacrifice and how important something really is to them um, in that decision-making process. Um, so it's, it's really having to look um, at yourself and what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I know I'm trying to think of like some examples I've had because I know I've come across it. Um, I have one with some clients that they definitely want to downsize, but there's a little bit of a disconnect on how much downsizing mm-hmm. is downsizing. You know, if you're going from a 4,000 square foot home, is downsizing to 2,000 or downsizing to 1,500? That's a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to come to terms and come to an agreement on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like one person kind of won. Well, and you do have to consider, too, can you be at peace with that decision or are you going to be resentful? Because if you feel like that's going to create resentment over the long term, then that's something to look at as well. Then maybe it's not something that you can just give up if um, you feel like it's going to build resentment in the future. Right, right. Um, What about uh, determining uh, what I guess we've kind of answered this, too, uh, how to determine what is a priority? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean I guess you're gonna say value. Yeah, exactly. There's a pattern <laughs> here that we're discovering. That. Yeah, what's really much. important to you. Right. Um and what what can be what's changeable too. I think that's the other piece we haven't talked about of um something might be really important to you, but you might be able to change that within the house down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, it might be really important to you to have a kitchen island, but maybe that's something you can add down the road, or maybe you really want an open concept, but maybe you can knock a wall out uh, down the road. You can't necessarily change your location. Um, You can't necessarily change whether you're right next to your next door neighbors if you know you're wanting more land or space and so um i think that's a piece that's worth considering yeah. as well yeah it's interesting um i mentioned last week you know, my mother-in-law is moving to town uh from pennsylvania after her husband passed and um it was very clear that i will say that was the one thing she was very very clear on she needed room for her piano mm. and i don't know that she even plays anymore but that's just such an important thing mm-hmm. to her and we got that we were like that's cool um and she needed room for her Siberian Husky mm-hmm. to run. And pretty much those were like her two parameters. And so trying to find a good yard for him and a good room for the piano mm-hmm. um, were, you know, the initial things that were valued and, and, and important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it is helpful to have that. Cause I, I think if we had not had that information, we would not have picked the right house for her. Cause we were trying to do it long distance, which is a little scary. Those are great examples. Yeah. What about, we talked about this, um, um, before the show, uh, off air a little bit, and uh, I don't want to get too deep, but um, one of the articles is Psychology of Buying and Selling a House. I was just kind of interested in reading this article. It's by Matthew Cassell, um, and he talked about um, home buyers are always on the lookout for features like a longer driveway or a bigger backyard that will make them happier with their home. But people don't realize that those changes may not make them happier with their life as a whole. When people move to a better housing, they think they will be a lot happier overall. Um, But when they actually move, however, their overall happiness does not change because there are many trade-offs in moving. Mm -hmm. We talked last time about people sort of having this baseline of happiness Mm -hmm. and You might have a little bit of a high, but you sort of come back to your baseline. But in terms of, um, I see sometimes people maybe buying a home to try and fix a a relationship that isn't Mm -hmm. working for them. Yeah, and really the answer to that one would be don't do that. (laughs) Stop. Don't. (laughs) Don't. Not a good reason. Um, 
that usually something like buying a house, um, same thing with having a kid. Yeah. If you're doing it because you feel like it's going to fix the relationship, don't do it for that reason because yeah. it's not going to fix the problem. If anything, it's probably going to make it worse Yeah. Um, because it is a stressor and it's still a transition. And so... Um, expect that if there are issues in the relationship already, those are probably actually going to be more amplified um, by any transition that you experience or go through. Because I think what's important to understand is that, I mean, this is going to, buying or selling a home is going to be stressful, Mm -hmm. period. Yes. I mean, it is, it can't not be. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, you know, be really, really clear. If you think it's going to be a stress-free experience, no, Mm -hmm. it's not. So if you've got, you know, things in your life that are, you know, hurting it and I feel like someone asked me I think it was uh my sound engineer last last week he said have you ever had anyone um like buy a house and then you know get divorced right away mm-hmm. yeah I have mm-hmm. you know they call you like six months later and they're like and you know you kind of I, I'm so curious is like what the heck happened because I just saw you a few months ago and I thought everything was fine mm-hmm. but I think it was this excitement of that you know a little bit of an unnatural high because you're buying a home and then when things settle out the same problems are still there and it also makes them more apparent sometimes too that all of a sudden they're more at the surface more available um, and I can't order a pizza to uh, to quench my feelings because there's a pizza delivery out here, right? <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Everything's changed. I always encourage couples if they're having issues, work on those and focus on those before taking any major steps in life. Yeah. See if you can work through those in advance before taking yeah. those steps. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take a break and come back and talk, uh, let loose on helicopter parents. God bless them. <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, they mean well. Mm-hmm. They really they do. do. I they do everything they do mm-hmm. with love in their hearts. And yes. that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sometimes we need to say no. We're going to talk about how you mm-hmm. say no to them and make sure that they still love you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with host Thomas Rosenberg. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as Thomas speaks with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. News. Opinion. 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 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. This is Real Real Estate Today, and I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. I think I probably already reminded you, but I will remind you again to follow us on Facebook at Deb Tomorrow Realtor, where we're going to put up links to a lot of the articles that we're talking about and some good resources, and we're always there keeping you abreast of what's real in real estate um, and, and what's not so real. I am joined today by Dr. Amanda Quinby of Bloomington Counseling and Wellness Services, uh, and we have been talking uh, last week's show, so I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's show. You can find that on iTunes or uh, my website, uh, and as well as this week's show on um decision-making and relational issues. Um, so we're going to get right into it. I've got this article that I want to talk, uh, read about helicopter parents and home mm-hmm. buying. And I know you have, the first time we met, and I was sitting, made a comment about like a mom tagging along for showing, and mm-hmm. you're like, I have the same thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you're a therapist. How do you have the same thing? Still happens, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you even have on your website that if you're over 18, you have to call and make your own yeah, appointment. You have to schedule the appointment. Yeah. Yourself. A parent uh, cannot do it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we're not, uh, I don't want it to come across as like me bashing a generation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, you know, I think these parents are doing everything they're doing with extreme love in their hearts um but uh it's important to take a step back and kind of see how your actions are impacting other people mm-hmm. right so um the article is by leah ingram it's a forbes article boomer helicopter parents and home buying um you've probably heard about helicopter boomer parents accompanying their millennial kids on their first job interviews can you imagine uh and maybe you're guilty of this well now that the young adults are buying homes helicopter parents are hovering over house hunts too that can wind up being a bad idea for moms and dads as well as their sons and daughters. According to a recent Time article, 17% of parents of millennials are helping their offspring purchase homes. Most are offering financial assistance, which is where the problems start. Um, that uh, the par- Part of it is that the parents are worried that the kids are going to make bad uh, financial decisions mm-hmm. uh, and then probably end up having to dig them <laughs> out of that hole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and while those are good intentions, the road to hell is, you know, <laughs> paved with good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. Many times the parents insist they know more about real estate. This is where realtors really get their uh, panties in a wad, let's be honest, and say this is where we kind of get frustrated. Many times the parents insist they know more about real estate than the real estate agent their child has hired which can irritate realtors. That's probably putting it mildly. Um, And you probably have that too, right? Mm -hmm. This is what you need to tell my child and they'll be healthier Mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There was a a realtor quoted as saying, I I might have spent months educating the prospective millennial buyers about the market and what's a good value and what's not. And then the parents come in and it is hard for them to believe that their kids will spend $300,000 on a 600 square foot place. Which is probably pretty typical for, you know, a Boston market or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to not understanding local market values, 
parents risk ruining a deal because they don't understand the custom of buying a home here. So there are a lot of things in the home buying process here, like how long you get for inspections and who pays the title insurance. Those are things that are, when you take possession, those are things that are very customary to your local community. Um, And a lot of times parents are coming in and they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And they make, you know, they insist that their kids make some sort of weird offer that sort of throws everybody off the game. Like, wait, that's not, you know, typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can make things difficult. Um, Daniel Pearson of McGarney Associates in Arlington, Virginia, he's a, a realtor, uh, recalls a couple whose parents from Ohio insisted they offer only 80% of asking price since that was customary where they lived. But in Washington, D.C. area, Pearson says homes typically sell for their asking price or above and no one will take a lowball offer seriously. Uh, sometimes helicopter parents show up unannounced to look at a house their child is considering or interfere with the home inspection. That's a good one, too. Wrangling realtors and home sellers um, and uh, this kind of meddling can lead to a seller to reject the otherwise worthy buyer's offer because sellers are looking for a smooth transaction, too. And if they get the sense that it's going to get clunky because there's uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, then that uh, that can be challenging, too. So there were uh, four tips that the, this article puts forth, tips for millennial parents. Um, and the first one is to speak with a real estate agent to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Be open to what they have to say. Um, I'm a big fan of that one. I'm always happy to talk to parents. Um, but I think, you know, I've, I was telling you, I've, I've got um, some parents that I'm kind of dealing with now. I always want to make sure the kids... Um, you know, I treat them as the client. Mm-hmm. I don't want to overlook them, yes. which is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that home, tip number two, understand that home buying trends change. So uh, even things that happened 24 months ago, but I remember years ago showing a house to a young couple and their parents came and their grandparents came. There was probably eight people in that house, which as an aside, super stressful for a realtor because you're trying to keep an eye on everybody. Oh, I'm you know, everybody is or what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came around a corner and somebody scared the crap out of me because I <laughs> had lost count of where everybody was, you know, but the grandparents were like, I wouldn't pay more than $60,000 for that house. It was about a $110,000 house. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But you know, the last time you bought a house was 1962. Uh, and so things have changed a little bit. Trust the real estate pro. Um, chances are that your children and friends asked friends and colleagues for recommendations for a realtor. Mm-hmm. So respect their decision to work with this person. Uh, this is what realtors always say amongst ourselves. You don't go to a brain surgeon and tell the doctor where to start no. cutting, right? <laughs> exactly. Why would you do that? Real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not brain surgery, but still. Same concept. And, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit. Tip number four, let your kids make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. How do you do that? Yes. And... The tough part is it's wonderful if parents are open to feedback, and and those are probably um, the easiest ones to work with. If maybe they're doing these things, but they're maybe open to hearing, hey, things have changed, or hey, we really need to focus on what your kid's wanting. If they're open to that feedback, that's going to make it a lot easier. Um, What's often harder is if they are not open to that feedback, then it becomes much more challenging. Um, Probably also depends on the relationship between the child and the parent, too, um, and how that's playing out in the situation. Do you get like you have a child and then do you have joint sessions with the family sometimes to help with that situation or do you go back and say I'd like to have a session with your mom <laughs> yeah and so it's different for every therapist and I would say it, for you as a realtor too it's probably going to depend on what boundaries you're comfortable setting for yourself mm-hmm. um, because my way is not necessarily the right way and everyone's 
comfortable with different boundaries. And so for me, I'm pretty boundaried. Um, you know, if a parent comes in with their adult child for that first session, I say, you're welcome to come in for the first 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but then the rest of the session is going to be spent with just me and okay. your adult child. And um, then they have to leave the room at that point in time. Um, and so I'm pretty boundaried, but I know other therapists that are very comfortable yeah. spending more time with the parent, having them more in the room, having the family play a larger role in the mm-hmm. situation. So it depends on each person person's comfort level in regards to how they want to handle those situations I know you probably can't answer this but I'm going to ask it anyways have you ever told a parent they need to back off (laughs) (laughs) um I have set boundaries with people okay Um, that's a nicer way to say it I've set boundaries right I'm like back off (laughs) the most common one we get is parents calling in wanting to schedule appointments Mm -hmm. for their adult children and we always say we are happy to talk with your child about scheduling an appointment, but they need to contact us directly to set up that that appointment. Um, it's rare where I have someone push back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every now and then I'll have a parent say, but, you know, my child's not because of so-and-so reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'll validate that and say, I understand that's challenging or difficult. Um, but also explaining the reasoning, too, that the reason we have that policy is because counseling takes some work. It's right. not an easy process. I was going to say, so, they need to show that they have they would like to you know, get some help and participate yeah. in this. And if they're not willing to make that initial contact, then they're likely not willing to put in the amount of work and effort it takes to really have the counseling process be right. effective. And so... Um, yeah, again, I, I tend to, to set those boundaries with, with the parents that call. So that's a great tip for me as a realtor, that if a parent calls, I'll say, absolutely, have them give me a call. Mm-hmm. Have the child give me a call rather than, I've had some parents like, we, we'd like to see this house for someone, you know, for mm-hmm. my son or whatever. And um, yeah, interesting. Well, I know lots of other therapists that are very comfortable with that. They will allow the parents to schedule the appointment for their child and they're okay with that. And yeah. They're fine with it. So, again, it's, yeah. it's more of your, your Yeah, there may be level. realtors that don't have the hang-up that I have <laughs> in terms of. But, I and again, you know, it sort of comes from, um, I mean, I think we all behave based on our history. And, you know, I'm, as I said last week, I'm very independent. And I mm-hmm. always have been very independent. So I think that's where it comes from, that when I see people mm-hmm. not being independent, I want to shake them by the shoulders and go, be independent. It's a good place to be, you know, or, um, in, in, you know, and make people like me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is probably wrong. Um, so how do you, how does a a home buyer perhaps set boundaries with those parents? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, mom, I'm so excited. We're going to look at a house today. And mom says, Oh, can I come? Mm -hmm. How do you do that and not hurt feelings? Or how do you, how do you handle that situation? So I would say it depends. Um, it depends on the relationship. Um, so what I'll get a lot of times with clients is they don't want to set those boundaries that they say, oh, no, I can't tell them no. Um, I can't can't be upfront with them about that. And so often we're kind of walking through, OK, what do you anticipate would happen if you say no to that mm-hmm. individual? Mm-hmm. Um, because it might look very different from one person to the next. Yeah. Um, it might actually be a likely possibility that that parent would just decide not to talk them to, to them for the next three months. Right. Um, versus for another person, it might be maybe more anxiety that they're 
kind of picturing, but maybe aren't actually likely based on the history of that relationship okay. and how the dynamics have played out in the past. You know, if that parent's always been typically very supportive, yeah. um, then that says to me, maybe there's a little bit more room to be assertive and mm-hmm. set some boundaries with that parent versus mm-hmm. if they have a history of um, not responding well, then that's a whole different situation. So, um yeah, again, I think it depends, unfortunately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you made me think of, I, I feel like I should interject here because I'm saying bad things about helicopter parents, but I have some helicopter parents that I adore. Mm-hmm. And because they're the ones that love every house. They're sure. just positive. They're so excited that their kid is buying a home and every home they see all kinds of possibilities. Mm-hmm. I have a few like that too. And I'm like, yeah, you can come along whenever you want because you're helping. You're helping mm-hmm. people you know, be positive and be excited, but it's the Debbie Downer ones that are like, you know, well, that's bad and that's bad and that's bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing things that don't exist and not letting their kids go through the process, uh, the thought process and the home buying process, mm-hmm. um, you know, and naturally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and a similar story uh, before we go to break, you know, I think we talked about this briefly. I see, I've worked with some, I, I hope this doesn't sound sexist, but divorced women I, is what I see it in, who really struggle sometimes to make those decisions, mm-hmm. and they end up relying on all kinds of people. Um, and you know, and I just keep saying, you have to own this decision. Mm-hmm. You're not the one who's, you know, they're not the one who has to live with it. Mm-hmm. I had that conversation with someone uh, earlier this year, and she kind of stopped bringing her friends because I was like, they're just confusing you. You said last week. They're telling you things based on their needs and their values, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and this probably wouldn't help you if the person's already <laughs> in the process of buying the house. But for a person in a situation like that, decision making is a skill like anything else. It takes some practice to get used to it and be comfortable with it. And so if you're if that's something that's really new to you, I'd probably encourage the person to build up to the decision of buying a home. So mm. starting with making smaller decisions. Buy a car first. <laughs> yeah. Just day-to-day things and making your own decisions um, before maybe making that decision of buying a house yeah. Um, yeah. And, and practicing that for a bit before getting to that point. I see a lot of um, older widowed women kind of in the, a similar mm-hmm. position. They've never really had to be solely in charge. I'm sure they were involved in decision making, but not solely in charge. And it's a pretty scary thing especially Mm -hmm. you know when you're in your 70s or 80s and you haven't had to do that before Mm -hmm. um so i think family members can be great in that situation if they can support find ways to health support in a healthy way Mm -hmm. all right let's take our last break and then we'll be back and wrap up with dr amanda quinby you're listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What's your coffee story? 
the one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My Favorite Coffee Story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Thanks for coming back to our final segment of a two-episode uh, Series with Dr. Amanda Quinby, uh, psychologist, and uh, it's been fascinating, and I've learned so much. Um, I, I had two things I wanted to touch on real quick, and since we only have a few minutes left, I'm going to talk really fast. But I read this article I was reading about the psychology of home buying and selling, and they were actually talking about a study that was done at Harvard with um, dormitories, but it stick with me here because it'll make sense. Um, but they were, the study showed that first year students incorrectly predicted what would bring them the most satisfaction in their dorms, which is their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical features like location on campus, the attractiveness of the residents, room size and desirability of the dining hall and facilities was what they predicted. Um, but in the initial survey, the students put no weight on social features such as relationships with roommates and a sense of community in the residents. But when researchers checked back in with the students after they'd been living in their dorms, the only thing that appeared to matter for their happiness was the quality of the social factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really fascinating. We were talking a little bit about it over the break, and you know, I sort of extrapolate that into it's not how pretty those granite countertops are, it's the experiences that happen in mm-hmm. front of those granite countertops. Um, or in those rooms in that home. So mm-hmm. think about that too when you're you know making the decision. Again, it's all going back to that value mm-hmm. list, uh, and those values are experiences. They're not um, the things. Yeah, and I was just saying too. Um, a lot of the research shows that people tend to be happier when they're spending their money on experiences versus items or things, and um, it's. It has a very similar uh, parallel to homes um, and how you're making your decisions. Right. So how can I market a home? And say This home will give you the best experience possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> best experience yeah. is possible, mm-hmm. right? It may have ugly countertops, but the experiences <laughs> you'll have here are Amazing. awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing I wanted to touch on real quick was um, this idea of, I would guess, I would call it peer pressure. You know, I told a story um 
I always tell it in my home buyer class why I developed my home buyer class. And it's because someone had posted a question on Zillow and realtors were chiming in and answering. And the person was like, you know, I'm engaged and we have a baby on the way. And, you know, it's kind of telling the story. And they say, I feel like I probably need to buy a house. Like, that's the next thing I need to do. Well, they were only 18. And I was like, oh, my God, don't buy a house yet. <laughs> um, but a lot of realtors were chiming in and saying, oh, buying a house is the best thing you can do. And of course, you know, we're realtors. We believe that home ownership is really important and it's healthy and it can be a great thing. It can be um, a, a huge source of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you don't just do it because everybody else is doing mm-hmm. it, right? What do you have to say about peer pressure? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the first questions I'll ask if somebody's saying, oh, I need to do this is where is that coming from? Where have they heard that? Is that coming from family, friends, often the social media? Mm. That's the biggest thing um, I hear these days is a lot of those expectations are coming from social media. They're going on Facebook and they see everyone's getting married. Everyone's having kids. Everyone's buying homes. And so the immediate assumption is, well, I should be doing this too. Um, there's actually there's doing more and more research on it now and showing that the more time you spend on social media, um, usually the more depressed you're likely to be. Oh my um, gosh. Because you're constantly comparing yourself to everybody yeah. else, even if it's not necessarily on a conscious level right, right then and there when it's happening. Um, and it also just sends so much false information about mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Um, I read this article by a woman who went through And she showed all these images she posted on Facebook that made it look like she was having this wonderful, fantastic day and ideal life. And then she wrote what actually was happening that day. And it was completely different. You know, there are all these negative things. But based on what she had posted, it seemed like she had this amazing, wonderful life. Um, And so you often don't see what's behind the curtain. Yeah. (laughs) um, What's behind uh, what's actually being posted on Facebook. And so... Often I'll tell people, limit how much you're on there, or at least keep open the possibility that you are not seeing the whole picture when you're on there. Yeah, Um, yeah. People doing these things aren't necessarily happy with their decisions, or um, this hasn't transformed their lives. It's not true. Yeah. I had an aha moment last year around the holidays where you saw these people. We had a very quiet holiday, and it was actually really nice, but you saw these big extended families and they're doing all these things and, you know, and I'm like, you know, wow, it's just so odd to me that I don't necessarily have that in my life. Like it looks like everybody else that I'm Mm -hmm. Facebook friends with has. And uh, a friend of mine goes, none of that's true. Mm -hmm. They don't really enjoy spending time with their family. (laughs) I mean, maybe they do to an extent, but she was like, she just looked me straight in the eye and she goes, that's not true. They're all lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, like it doesn't, it didn't strike me as like, oh, you can lie on Facebook, but yeah, you can lie on you Facebook. Can lie. Yes. You can and lie. Uh, yeah, so that's, I think, a great point. Um, you know, I, one of the things I thought about when I was buying my house was, uh, you know, people are going to think my house is really cool and that's going to make me feel really good. Mm -hmm. That's probably not healthy either, you know, (laughs) but I think people think that too. Like Mm -hmm. that's a form of peer pressure. Like, you know, I want to buy this house, but what would my friends think, Mm -hmm. you know, or it's not as good. Maybe, you know, maybe you're at a different income levels, you know, or whatever, and you can't buy the same price point of a home as your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just have to, you know, focus back in on what's right for you. Well, and sometimes, the, you know, people can lie in there, but sometimes it's also that it's just such a snapshot. It's one specific moment in time and the rest is getting missed. Uh, missed. And so I think about pictures I see online of people buying homes. It's the, you know, 
the sold sign in front yeah. of the house with the two smiling, you right. know, people just bought the house, but they're not showing pictures uh, when they've been going through the process right. until that point right. of all these houses that maybe looked at that they didn't like or issues with the inspection. Like they're not showing the stress, pictures. The packing. Yeah, the, yeah. exactly. That, right. That's not getting shown on there. Right. Well, I guess the point I want to make with this uh, is that um, there's no, there's nothing wrong with renting. No. Um, I would highly suggest you move out of your parents' basement if that's where you live <laughs> and you know you're 30. Um, but there's nothing wrong with renting. So don't buy a house just to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to start my home buyer class out with, you know, you need to sit down. Kind of that value thing. I just didn't have that word put to it. I said, but you need to sit down with whoever, you know, you're, if you're buying a house with someone else. And think about what's important to you and mm-hmm. where you're going to be in a few years and how this plays into it. Um, th- those are important and don't feel bad if it's not the mm-hmm. right time for you. Cause no. that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you so much for joining us on these two episodes. It's been awesome. I'm super excited. I have tons of notes and um, I, like I said, I really think I'm going to change the way I do some things. I really encourage you to put together some information for realtors because there's some really good thoughts there that will help us provide better service. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks again for having me. This is yeah, great. Awesome. So again, Dr. Amanda Quinby, and she is with Bloomington Counseling and Wellness Services. So if you're looking, if you're in the Bloomington area and you'd like to uh, have a conversation with her, whether it's one time or whether it's um, over a series of times, uh, you can just Google uh, Bloomington Counseling and Wellness Service and Services, and you will it'll pop right up there on your search, and you can message that way. Um, so thanks again for joining us, and we will be back next week with another amazing show. So thanks for tuning in. This is Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.